Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, proud member of Empire Media. I'm your host, representing Baltimore County, Maryland, Coach J. Lewis, fresh off coaching my middle school track and field county championship meet. We won by a, a nail biter, a team score of 94 to 91. Um, the boys won by two, the girls won by one. And my guy, he, he ran away with the 1600, 400, and 200. What a, what a day. Um, you know, I love coaching my middle school students. We are again joined by a special group of our triple play fantasy family live from an undisclosed location. The monkey fight champ host of triple plays fantasy movie minutes. Uh, he might uh, feature a zombie horror movie flick coming soon. And that's none other than Mr. Bradley Kilgore. What up? I'm also going to be half-assing this podcast while I watch the Wizards versus Philly game live. You half ass a podcast? Nah, <laughs> you've never done that before. My half ass is everybody else's full strength. <laughs> you heard it here. Representing Fresno, California, a guy who's crushing the YouTube Triple Play Fantasy channel with recent takes on Mac Jones Dynasty look at Outlook. And uh, he features Jacksonville Jaguars 2021. Again, another fantasy outlook. Uh, the details. The insight, um, this, this is the type of information that's going to help you win your fantasy football league. Coach, I kind of want to call you Professor K. Cole. That's my guy, Kevin Coleman. You can find him at Boys underscore 22. Welcome back. Hey, man. Glad to be here. I don't want to hear any Wizards fans talk about how they have the worst franchise in history when my Kings can't even make the playoffs when they have 27 teams in the playoffs. I don't want to hear it anymore. Kings have the worst <laughs> franchise in history. Recency bias says that, uh, yeah, the Kings are worse. Yeah, they are. <laughs> we also welcome in a man, the man <laughs> of triple play fantasy sports. The guy who hit me up and to say, I, I would like you to be on our basketball pod. I think you'd be great. My fellow Towson PE cohort graduate, the one who squats and benches Wilt Chamberlain level numbers. Someone who finally decided to stop ducking us. And got him on a basketball show. This is Montgomery County, Maryland's finest, David Mendelson, or as we call him, D. Mendy. How you doing? Uh, you flatter me way too much. Uh, what an <laughs> intro. You should be doing all our intros with that, man. Uh, pumped to be here with you guys, man. I'm, I'm, I'm entering the sport that I don't talk about enough, but I love just the same. So I'm, I'm ready to get into this with y'all. You know, it's funny because uh, I had to go with a basketball guy. I first call, thought of like uh, Saquon Barkley numbers. But, you know, we wanted to make it relevant, and I couldn't think of anyone, so I just went in the uh, time machine and said, hey, Will Chamberlain works. Hey, putting me next to Will Chamberlain, I will not uh, have a problem with that. <laughs> the Big Dipper is here. All right. The 2021 playoffs are here as well. Today's podcast will feature Kwame and Gilbert might not be having any play dates anytime soon. <laughs> the Hall letting Big Ben Wallace in, our picks for sixth man of the year, most improved player of the year our performances of the playing games. And finally, we play a little who you got 
for all of our eight playoff matchups. But first, a little news and notes. We just about wrapped up with the NBA regular season. And when one story ends, another begins. And that is elimination NBA playoff basketball with four teams already on vacation to go with the other 10 not making it, including Kev Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Let's start with a little awards recap. Monty Williams of the two seed Phoenix Suns named coach of the year over Tibbs and Quinn Snyder. Thoughts, Kev? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. They're going to lose in the first round anyway. So, I mean, he did a great regular season. He, he did well. I just don't see them, you know, good good for him. I thought Tibbs could have got it because I think they have a shot to win that first round. I think he turned around that, that area. I think it was more about Chris Paul there than it was about uh, Monty. And Monty's great. Uh, but I think in the end, I think New York needed Tibbs more. That's funny because I haven't written down. Does CP3 also get a uh, trophy? <laughs> he should. He should get a, like a participation trophy. He's going to lose in the first round again, too. Sorry, CP. Brad? Yeah, man. I, I had Monty Williams as my pick on our last episode, but I thought it was off the board. I thought Tibbs was going to win it. Um, I, I think Monty's deserving, man. I There's not a lot of teams that could go from bubble to, well, actually 8-0 in the bubble last mm-hmm. year. To- yeah, with no CP. There with no CP to, you know, CP is there and now there are two seeds. So I, I just think he's done an excellent job. It's clear that the players like him. They respect him and they they trust his judgment. They listen to him. And that doesn't really happen on on NBA franchises where, you know, the players are making more than the coaches. And in some instances, the players think they know more than the coaches. And in some instances, that's true. So um, I think Monty Williams is a good pick and. And he's a great coach, and I think the Suns have a very bright future, whether you know CP3 is there or Devin Booker is there or not, because they have a coach that can actually implement schemes and, and make things work. So I, I like the pick. David? I wish you went to me second, because Brad took all my points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, the fact that they went 8-0 in the bubble last year, I think already kind of started building that case. Uh, they look like a totally different team under him. And like Brad mentioned as well, how many coaches do you see players publicly backing, talking about how great coaches they are? A lot of them are just recycled. Uh, Monty Williams, I feel like, is one of the most respected names uh, by the players. They always talk about how great of a coach he is. And the fact that the Phoenix Suns are the number two seed. I know Chris Paul is there, but who would have ever thought the Phoenix Suns would get to the number two seed? Um, I think Tom Thibodeau is a good second choice, but the the leap that the Suns have taken over the last couple of years, I think it was just a foregone conclusion. It had to be Monty Williams. Uh, and I'll just chime in with, uh, you know, Quinn Snyder and Tibbs have already won this award. And sometimes I see them trying to fish for a new coach to win as opposed to giving a coach uh, the award multiple times. And um, he deserves credit. Uh, CP3 deserves credit. The emergence of, of Booker and Aiden deserve credit. And also, I, I want to shout out James Jones as a general manager, former LeBron James brother and teammate. Uh, he, he's really put he's really put a, a, a great you know, roster configuration around their superstar in Devin Booker. You so know he, what? I um I was listening to Tim Duncan's Hall of Fame speech, and he was like, you know, continuity was a, a big part. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but continuity was a big part of why he became the, the person he was, you know, being able to look to your left and your right and always being able to count on that person and knowing they're going to be there next year and the year after. And when they're not, it's because you're moving up and they're they're handing the keys over to you. I think the Suns, you know, staying with Monty Williams and and keeping him there and making sure it's not a coaching carousel and just going getting a new guy all the time. That's a part of building culture, and the Suns need to build a culture. So it's 
it says more to you know what what Jones is doing and, and what that entire organization is doing that they're actually you know keeping something together and they're trying to grow it. And that's funny. Go ahead, Dave. I was gonna say one last point. Correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I, my, my basketball is a little out of date sometimes. Did it not also like Chris Paul? Then they like wasn't there a rumor he was gonna go to Philly at the trade deadline and he pretty much nixed it because he wanted to stay in Phoenix. That is correct. So I mean that just shows right there you have somebody that has a chance to go to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, a, a contender to go to the finals, pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. And this was before, obviously, also I think uh, the whole big three was built in Brooklyn too, right? So yeah. uh, he had an opportunity to go there. Said no, I want to stay in Phoenix. So that, I think yeah. that talks that goes into the culture like you're talking about. Yeah, and to be the true alpha on a team. Uh, and it's funny you made that D- Tim Duncan comment because he mentioned that Monty Williams was one of the vets when he f- first got on the Spurs that really showed him how to be a professional and just a great, great um, locker room guy. So it's funny how everything kind of just goes um, around and around and, and, and gets back together. Speaking of around and around and together or not together, Kwame Brown is beefing with Gilbert Arenas and all the Smoke podcasts of Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. Uh, I, I think we've all kind of taken a look at this. Uh, whose side are you taking? David, we'll start with you this time. Lead off. Oh, well, I'm glad you came to me first because <laughs> I found this out when I was at the gym on Wednesday and I sat for about the next hour on my phone just watching everything on YouTube to digest it all. Uh, so first, I think the beef is over between the two. As far as what I, Gilberta basically kind of, they settled it behind closed doors. So they're good now. He came out and said, they're good. He still has beef with uh, Captain Jack and Matt Barnes. And I was there for just like way all to keep the it shots. clean. Way to keep yeah. it clean. <laughs> like I was there for all the shots he was taking at uh at, at both those guys. And those guys are just like tucking their tail between their legs. Uh it's just it's I just even, I don't even think white people should have been allowed to listen to that. <laughs> I was just I mean I'm sitting on the outside just watching, just <laughs> laughing at Kwame Brown. You guys he, didn't even know about like, what's going did, on. Like, did you all ever hear him talk a day when he played? Like I'd no. never even heard his voice. And now all of a sudden the man's doing 30 minute YouTube videos every single day. Uh, I-, I love it, man. Kwame Brown is the man. I just heard some stories Gilbert talked about that took like 20 security guards to take him and his brother down in the club. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that like, he is the definition of just like that guy you don't want to mess around with. Uh, I-, I love it. Kwame Brown. I'm team Kwame Brown from here to the rest of life. Uh, I loved it. Country strong. Mm-hmm. Brad. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. He's got a lot of um, like old school, like uh, conservative talking points, and he's got a lot of problematic statements and, um, you know, gender roles and all that kind of stuff that, you know, you can't really get away with saying today. But um, a lot of the things he said aren't necessarily untrue. I think people definitely treated him unfairly and they use him as the butt of the joke as if he's some sort of scrub. But he had a tremendous career in the league and he stuck around for a long time because he's not a scrub. Uh, we compare him to other number one picks and we think he's a bust, but you know, compared to compared to you or me, like he's a, he's a very successful person and, and you know, we don't really have the bandwidth to, to make fun of him like that. And I understand why he's, he's kind of had his breaking point. He, he's, he wants to talk. Um, he's also said a lot of things that I didn't know, like, Elton Brand was supposed to get traded to the Wizards and he was supposed oh, to be yeah. a part of that deal. Like I, I didn't know that happened and that makes sense for both teams. And it also makes probably changes the way his, you know, career trajectory would have been in terms of his usage rate and what he was supposed to do. 
So I, you know, I, I think Kwame Brown definitely has a career in, in podcasting if he wants to make that happen, man. He's got a lot of interesting things to say. And some of us do do not forget that as well as Power Gasol was drafted number three that year as well. So I think uh, there is a curse of Kwame Brown in big men uh, when it comes to the Wizards. Uh, and Elton Brand really would have helped some of those teams that were on the verge of of – going over the edge when it had a, like rep Hamilton, like Jerry Stackhouse with MJ, like all those teams that Elton brand on those teams would have made the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. He's um kind of one of the ones that, that got away in a former number one overall pick himself. Kev. Yeah. I'm going to take a little bit different. You know, I, I thought what he said about like Stephen A. Smith was correct when he was talking about like how you guys have criticized me. And I think sometimes we forget that these guys are athletes, even us like fantasy players and all this stuff, like that's their career. Like, and we're not even close to what Kwame Brown can do on a court. It's always funny when these dudes, like even remember Brian Scalabrini played a bunch of dudes at the, at the YMCA and they were making fun (laughs) of him and he scored 50 to zero or whatever. Like these guys are just, you know, these guys are humans. And then with what Kwame was saying, I didn't have a father figure and that he didn't really have anybody protect him. And I thought that stuff it rang true to me because I grew up without a dad, too. So I understand kind of like where that comes from. Um, and then you get Stephen A., who I guess was talking crap about him even at colleges like 10 years later. Like yep. these guys, I, they make all these millions and they forget who they're talking about. These are humans. And you could tell there's pain in his voice. Uh, and, you know, I felt really I felt bad for him because um, I think everybody's made a Kwame Brown joke. And. And that's unfortunate because I think that we got to look at these guys as humans first. And I think we forget that when we analyze these guys and, and it's all about getting clicks and making money off of them. Like Stephen A and all these guys that do. Um, but in the end of the day, like be a good person. Uh, and so this definitely made me take a step back and be like, okay, if I'm going to critique somebody, like we do basketball biz all the time and critique these kids, like always try to look at it from a different perspective and just be more fair t- towards them. Cause they're kids. Yeah. And he was 18 coming to the NBA playing with Michael Jordan Stackhouse. These guys like kids here, you know, that's, that's tough to do. Um, so I just, I kind of felt bad for him and I hope that he can figure it out and he can move past it. Um, but the no father thing really kind of struck a chord with me. I, I actually, I think everything you said, Kevin is, is I, I agree with. And I think the one thing that I really took from this was like, He's saying, don't feel bad for me. Like, I'm I'm good. I'm straight. Like, you don't yeah. need to feel bad for me. I'm just tired of hearing the jokes. And, and to that point, like, I, I think it's a, you know, a positive story from that. I, I hope it doesn't progress any further. Like, I hope there's no fight. Like, I, I don't want any of that. They're both That's they're, not they're too old to be fighting. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, Matt Barnes works for ESPN. Like, he's not he's not trying to get in the ring or do anything like that. So. Um, I, I hope it kind of stays where it is and people just, you know, keep talking or just let it die. I think both Gilbert Arenas and Stephen A. Smith did the smart thing and they just squashed it immediately. They were like, yep, he's right. I'm out. No smoke for me. <laughs> well, I also think that Gilbert was speaking a lot of truth here. I mean, to come into the league and be playing with, you know, the greatest basketball player to ever live and just kind of be getting eviscerated every day when you don't have confidence and everything about basketball is confidence. It was not a great environment for him. And then you see players like Tim Duncan going into San Antonio. You have David Robinson, a true vet that's treating you the right way, showing you the ropes. And we've seen what happened with his career. Not saying Kwame was on that type of level, but he did have the physical tools to be a great player. And um, to Kevin's point, like if I'm Kwame Brown, I like I don't want to be anybody's punching bag. And it's, it was kind of, you know, you know, middle school girly snarky comment like, 
you know, we're talking about the worst number one pick overall all time. And like, yeah, you like you feel bad for him. Like he went, he he kind of went over the edge a little bit, but you could see why. Like he he's like, I'm standing up for myself. Like like these guys are not going to be punking me. And and good also, and good for Kwame. But Gilbert Gilbert was was saying some truths in there. He also went from like MJ to Kobe. Like it was just constant people who have the same like the same mentality God, to kind of like punk you into submission or punk you into an alpha. Like it's it was just a very he got a very tough draw from the jump. So. Yeah, and it was an error where you treated people like that, like toughen them yeah. up. And this this day and age, you kind of you're a little bit more delicate with people's feelings and mental health. Like, what a yeah. concept! Can you imagine if you missed a layup with one of them on your team? They're probably like, "Don't pass, <laughs> don't pass." <laughs> I was gonna say something like, "Don't pass them the ball." Like that would be like that would wreck me mentally. Like I've missed a lot of layups before. Like that. Kobe, would... Kobe made some comments about Smush Parker, and I yeah. mean, you you guys can look that up on your own, but it's just like. It's just like you and, have no regard for that person's feelings. And Stephen all. A. and Stephen A. piggybacks off of that. Like he feeds off of that. Once Kobe talks about Smush Parker, every time on first take, Smush Parker. Like it, <laughs> well, who knew you had that impersonation does. in yeah. you? <laughs> I got a lot of impersonations, but yeah, like it's the media. The media plays a role in and kind of um, messing with people's. Uh, uh, confidence because they'll piggyback off of whatever whatever's hot whatever's gonna yeah. get clicks so he, he just had a tough draw I'm, I'm i'm glad that he's doing well i'm glad that he's defending himself i just hope it doesn't you know escalate so we go from the kwame browns of the world and the smush parkers of the world to the hall of fame 2021 class announced we have paul pierce who was a surefire first ballot chris bosh as well chris weber finally gets in and bid Ben Wallace, um, Chris Weber, we've been banging that drum since Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Podcast started that he should be in the hall. Uh, but Ben Wallace is probably the biggest surprise here. Thoughts on Big Ben, Kev? Yeah, real quick, Chris Chris Weber, you're lucky you quit announcing because now you can be in the NBA Hall of Fame. But before <laughs> then, you were the worst announcer in in basketball history. But before, anyway, Ben that's Wallace. Why took, that's why it took him eight years to get in because they. Yeah, he quit. He he's not announcing anymore. No, he he, nah, he, he, he step away. He, he understood. I, he he listened to himself for the first time. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I think Ben is one of those guys that like us are going to appreciate probably more than the newer people. They'll probably watch his stuff and be like, "Why did you know Hall of Fame?" But he's he's really lucky. He he kind of played in the era that he did, right? Because he wouldn't fit in this area. There's really nothing that he he can do out there in terms of basketball wise that would fit. But he played in a perfect era. Uh, just winning that title alone against the Lakers pretty much solidified it for you. He's one of the best defensive players there. Uh, and he, he he changed the game. And he was part of the malice in the palace. So you got to put him in, right? There, there's all that stuff. So uh, to me, he just changed the game. So, you know, he changed the game the way he did and what he was able to bring to the basketball court. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Dave. Am I the only one that when I think of Ben Wallace, I don't think of the Afro. I think of the little bands that he had on his arms that like look like they were about to snap off. Y'all You're remember, the only like, one. You're the yeah. only one. Uh, but I mean, the, like Kevin said, I mean, he was literally like the face of defense. Like, I, I don't have the top of my head how many defensive player of the year. I think four. he won like four. four. Yeah, I was going to say three. Like, he won four defensive player of the year awards. Literally was an anchor for that Detroit Pistons team that won multiple championships. Uh, I mean, again, you you want to reward defense, and this is rewarding defense. Ben Wallace, as an offensive player, there's an argument to be made. I was a better offensive player than Ben Wallace. 
Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, regardless, I'll, 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 we can debate that later, but I think Ben Wallace, uh, was one of the best defensive players of his time and is justified to get in the Hall of Fame. Brad. Yeah, man. I He played in an era where big men were essential and, and kind of the best of the best of big men were playing in Ben Wallace's era. And he was undersized and he was an incredible defender and he was probably the reason uh, or at least top two or three reasons why, you know, that Detroit team won that championship. So I, you know, I've been banging the 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 um, Ben Wallace Hall of Fame drum for a while, and um, he's he. I look at him like in the same way that I look at Draymond Green. I just think they're tremendously underrated, and their value is provided, you know, well among the box score, uh, well beyond the box score, I should say. Um, so I, I'm glad to see him get recognized, and you know that makes me feel better about Draymond's chances of getting in. So. Um, I, I think everybody that that got in this class is well deserved, and it's going to be a great a great one. I think Draymond's going to get in at the end of the day, and I think that he does provide. Ben Wallace did provide that type of defensive force. Uh, Bam Adebayo now just being able to defend multiple positions, even though like they didn't switch back then. But being undersized is the point that you made. Guarding Shaquille O'Neal in the NBA Finals, and hey. They were, you know, they were a quarter away from going back to back. They lost game seven against the Spurs and Tim Duncan. And um, that was one of the best teams in the the 2000s era that that didn't win multiple championships. But you could have seen them doing that. Um, Also, he he also deserves a shout out for being um, the first undrafted player that's going into the Hall of Fame, as well as representing the HBCU College of playing for Virginia Union. Um, But we got two guys in here that got away from the Wiz. Chris Weber and Ben Wallace started their career there. Maybe we did get Rasheed Wallace in there as well, who also had a stint um, in Washington. But who knows? Maybe we're just cursed with never going to have a great big man ever here in Washington. I don't know. Daniel Gaffer's looking pretty good. Oh, God. <laughs> He's definitely our best big. I don't know. He's going to get swallowed up by Embiid. But uh, uh, he's been, been already out of the game. He's got two fouls. Oh, I like I'm that. So we, yeah. you're saying we might steal game one? I like it. I'm, I'm saying it, man. I, I, you know, I had the uh, what did I have? Washington getting the conference finals this year? I don't remember our. You got our him. You had him in the finals. You had Russell Westbrook winning. Had him in the finals. All right, no I'm, can, gonna, I'm no gonna stick with that. that. All right, I'm cool. gonna stick with that. I, listen, uh, he's. If you ask me, he still could get it. I know he's not a finalist, but the man averaged a triple double <laughs> and willed them to the playoffs, man. Hey, but to your point, Gafford is the best uh, Wizards big, and he should have been playing way more since they got him in a trade deadline. It's actually propelled them um, to the point you are here today as he was struggling to get minutes in Chicago. Yep. But now, a little plug top. Wherever you find your podcast, go follow the Triple Play Fantasy franchise. We got all things basketball, baseball, and football covered. Recently, our Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel has been gaining traction if you haven't subscribed, you're missing content that drops every other day. Honestly, we love what we do. We appreciate your support and listens. Every download, share, five-star rating, and comment, it really helps us. And uh, we're going to continue to grind to make this podcast the number one option like Luka Doncic on every single play, 31, 10, and 11, and a game one victory over the Clippers. Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. Our weekly episode drops as well as spot interviews. Please, to check out the interview with 
the Schwab. Yes, we sat down with Stump the Schwab, the sports trivia legend himself. That is the type of things we are doing around here. Just want to say thanks from the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for your listens each and every week. And now it's time for a little NBA catch-up for our final week. Starting uh-oh. with... Uh-oh, we got a davis Bertans game going. Stop it. Two threes. Stop two threes it. early. Two threes early. <laughs> Come on. He played 33 minutes against Boston and had four points. It was one for eight. He's right, terrible. Nice. He can't He's defend anybody. He's already got six right now. Okay. A lucky six. Just, you know what's really funny? He's going to give he's up 35. He's somebody that's, that's listens to the pod every week, and I'm coming on for the first time. I would if I didn't know Brad, I would know him for two things. I would know him for Andre Drummond being the best rebounder of all time and calling for that Davis Bertans max contract. Oh my God, Davis Bertans! Huh? You still stand by that? Oh yeah, he's having a bad season. He got eighty million dollars. I'm aware. I'm aware. He's also. He also was top four in three points made for the past like four seasons running. The dude's, the dude's a, sar- a sharpshooter. You're the biggest Wizards fan, but I don't know if you watch the games because he is just <laughs> the worst. He might be the worst player in the NBA. He's As so I literally bad. live comment, you're asking me if I watch the games. Oh, my God. <laughs> this wow. Is, this is hey, by the way, he just let uh, Jason Tatum drop 50 on his head. But we'll move on from the, yes, the, the Davis take. Come on. You act like Jason Tatum's some scrub. He drops 50 on everybody. <laughs> you guys can see the the – just distraught like look on James' face if you're not watching the YouTube right now. It's, he's uh look like he's about to have a breakdown. Wow. Oh my god, he's unplayable. All right. Our impressive performance of the week. Who carried their team in the playing games and got them into the official dance? We'll start with David. Uh I mean, I was looking at some box scores. I mean, John Morant in a must-win game. The casual. The casual looking at the box scores. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, John Morant, 35 against the Warriors. But there is one thing I do know, and I actually wanted to ask you guys this because I played a lot of basketball DFS last year. And Dylan Brooks, I think, is one of the most overrated players in the league. He was 7 of 22 in casual. that game for a minus casual. one. And I feel like he's the guy that takes a bazillion shots but isn't efficient with him. Am I wrong? Like, yes, like, you're wrong. Yes, you're very wrong. Yes, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. We're splitting here 2 2. We had this whole Harrison Barnes, <laughs> Dylan Brooks uh, conversation. Did you see uh, him lock down Steph? Lockdown Steph. Is Dylan Brooks stuff? good enough to take 20 shots a game right now? Like, yes. is that where we're On at? That team. Steph had yes. 37. Absolutely. Did he lock him down? He had 37. Give John Morant. They weren't all shots. on Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks was uh, Steph Curry was two for ten when Dylan Brooks was guarding him. He's a foul happy, inefficient oh shooting God. player, and he does provide some value. He is a good defensive player, but I think yes, I think to David's point, like he he is a little overrated, and I wouldn't want I will I really wouldn't want him on my team for the future. Agreed. So, this casual agrees. Yeah, for sure. At least I got the casual support. But uh, that that, that John Moran call was beautiful because. He really is, does look like a superstar. I know we had this conversation. I was the only one who took John Morant over uh, De'Aaron Fox, but uh, it, of mm. course I kind of was flip-flopping because De'Aaron Fox I think is going to have health for his entire career. Uh, he definitely should get a nod, David. I, 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 I really do like that pick. Brad. Good pick. Now, you already know what I'm going to say. You might as well just skip me. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Russ. I know what he's going to say. It's Russ. It's That's clear. why I didn't I, pick him. I mean, Russ, you know. Cully. I honestly like I can't I can't say his praises any more than I have in the past 
you know, 33 pods that we've done. So he's I, been impressive performance of the week the last 10 weeks here. On Triple Play yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> the dude literally does everything for his team. And uh, I'm, it's just an incredible upgrade that we were able to have over John Wall. And John Wall had, a, he had a really good season this year. Like he looks healthy. He looks like his, himself. And um, I was glad to see him, him do well with Houston, but Russ just provides so much more. He's younger. And um, I, I think he makes he fits better with Brad Beal. I, I think he makes for a promising future in Washington. I really think they're going to be able to build around, you know, two all NBA guys, potential all NBA guys. Kev, who you got? Yeah, I got Dylan Brooks. And the reason why <laughs> is because against Curry. So Curry, yeah, he did have a I thought you were joking. No. no, I got Dylan Brooks. Get out of here, Mindy. This is the basketball pod. Okay. So Dylan, Dylan love Brooks, it. we love when he did. guarded Curry, it was two for 10. So Curry was two for 10. He picked him up full court. And if you're a coach, like Coach has in his tagline, you would understand that what he did was he made him tired. He made him work. Yep. You watched Curry by the fourth quarter. He was he was dying out there. Like you could see just, just kind of what he was going at. Um, and then even against DeMar DeRozan in the game against the, the Spurs, he held DeRozan mm-hmm. to 20 points on five for 21 for shooting. That Dylan Brooks, yes, he takes bad shots sometimes, but his defensive presence, what he has, if there was better players on that Memphis Grizzlies team, I don't think he would have to take as many shots. He'd be more efficient. But what he did defensively, that got him into the playoffs. Kevin, are you do you feel the same loneliness that I feel being the only one that knows basketball? Lonely. It's all right. Yeah. I just I'm I'm glad we're here together. Brad. I'm not talking because about him as a can, bad overall player. I was just I'm just saying that ben, he's a, Ben Simmons, Dylan Brooks. We we know the we know the yes, good ones. We know real ones over okay. here. Hey, a guy that shoots 16 shots a game and shoots at what 42% from the field. Oh. Like, unless you're Allen Iverson, bro, like I don't want you on my team. Yeah, like you like, realize those he shots. has to take those shots. There's give nobody those... else that can do it. What? It's the I, way I, that I'm, I'm pulling up Memphis's roster, and I guarantee you I'll find three guys that should take more There's shots. You, there, you, you will not. You literally will not. They are terrible. Um, my guy is, and I don't know if this is uh, an asterisk invalid because they were playing the Wizards, but Jason Tatum did drop <laughs> 50 in an elimination game. Yeah, he had Davis Bertans with the assignment. Oof. And then, they, they of course, uh, Scotty Brook let the switch happen where Ish Smith, Neto, Brad Beal were all guarding him at times, but uh, he just put his team on his back, and uh, the, the Wizards had nothing to do, could, couldn't do anything with him. Um, so, unfortunately, they, yeah, they drew the Nets, probably our best team in the NBA, but uh, it, it's definitely Jason Tatum. I mean, he dropped 50 in the playoffs. I don't even know. It's a playing game. Is that considered a playoff performance? No, I don't it's know. actually not. It was – yeah, it got him in. It was it was um, cold, and then my other guy was was John Morant. That was just unbelievable to do that to Steph Curry. Yeah. All so right. uh, before we trans we, we transition here, give me Jaron Jackson Jr. over oh him. Okay. Give me give me give me slow mo. If slow mo took me, more shots, wait shot, wait 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 wait. You want Jaron Jackson Jr. to shoot more threes than Dylan Brooks? I mean, I, I feel like Jaron Jackson's probably a better overall scorer. Absolutely. And then I, I guarantee you, slow mo is a very good all around player. But I thought he was like five for nine or something the other day. You give slow mo twenty shots, I bet you he's a lot more efficient. With slow mo, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. Oh, slow-mo. Kyle Anderson shouldn't even be in the league anymore, David. I don't know. I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I don't know about that. But yeah, I, I do like. I like Kyle Anderson. I like he Kyle good. Anderson. He's had a really strong seasons, and defensively, he's a good player. He blocks. He blocks a lot of shots. Grayson Allen can be getting those shots. Desmond Bain could be getting those shots. Uh, yeah, he. But you know, 
he does have that confidence factor that like I think I'm better than I am, and sometimes that does help propel your team. So, <laughs> um, quick quick take: Who's gonna drop forty or maybe fifty next? I mean, we saw uh, Tatum do it. Uh, Dave. I mean, if Dylan Brooks takes fifty shots, oh, probably God. Do it, all right. Listen, it's <laughs> gonna take him sixty shots. But uh, I'll go. I'm gonna go Jason Tatum because you brought him up. With Jalen Brown not there, he's the number one and two scoring option. Kemba Walker from the basketball I've watched this season looks a lot more of a complimentary player than I've ever remembered seeing him. Uh, so I, I think Tatum is going to be one of those series where he's going to average 30-plus a night, and I could I see him dropping Kemba. 50. Kemba was getting elbowed in his face yesterday, and they were calling defensive foul. Like uh, James Harden literally was running 100 miles an hour going like this, and Kemba's got a good defensive stance, and he's getting a foul call on him. Um, next play, it's Kevin Durant. It's like those net superstars be getting rewarded for literally, and they all do it, all three of them. They go, they put turbo on, they run into you. You're like backpedaling, but you're still in good defensive position. That used to be an offensive foul. Now that's a defensive foul. And because they are superstars, they're going to get the benefit of the whistle. I don't know if it was because it was in Brooklyn yesterday, but I, it was unfortunate to watch that because uh, Boston's already shorthanded and like they don't need to be getting any favors from the referees, the, the Nets. Um, but I like that that Tatum pick. Um, sorry for that rant, but I, that would just <laughs> that killed me yesterday. Um, Kev, I'm gonna go Trey Young, even though they're Trey. The, I like even, it, even though they're playing the Knicks. But he did have 31 against the Knicks this year, and I could see him just chucking these up in the playoffs. In the Garden, so, that would be. So I, I'm gonna go Trey Young. All right, Brad. I'm gonna go with that same matchup, and I'm gonna go Julius Randle. Um, he's got the best matchup mm. in terms of mm. um, a, a bad defense to go against, and he's got. Um, a very high usage rate with New York, and he's actually playing a little bit of point forward as well now, which is really uh, propelled his, his, his uh, most improved player candidacy. And he's shooting threes well. Like I, I really think he can he can drop some big numbers in this playoff. So I, he's going to be my pick. That's a good. I like, I like all these picks, and Trey is always a big time performer. And then obviously the Knicks they run everything through Julius Randle. Um, for me, it's it's Damian Lillard. Um, I, I could see him dropping multiple 40 pieces in this series. Last night, he was 10 for 25, so he's not shy to shoot it up. He was 5 for 12 from, from three. He ended with 34. You make two more of those shots, you're you're in the 40 club. And uh, I, it, when Dame is hot, he 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 lets it he knows he lets it known that he has a flamethrower. And I got so my guy is uh, Damian Lillard. All right, but the reason why you're here is our NBA playoff matchups and predictions. Who wins? How many games? We're going to state our case, matchups, previous experience coaching, whatever your reason might be. Um, but briefly before we get to that, we're going to hit our takes on our sixth man and then our most improved player of the year. Sixth man of the year, finalists, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, and Derrick Rose. David, who you got? Hmm. It's an interesting list. Uh, I think – that they're going to give it to Derrick Rose. And I think the Knicks being coming back into the playoffs this year, he was a big part of that. Obviously, Julius Randle took his game to another level, but I think there's the name. I think there's the team aspect. Uh, I, I just think that it all lines up. Utah is like a very balanced all-around team. The fact that you have two guys on the same team up for the award, uh, I think that just is going to – they're going to cancel each other out, and it's going to go to Derrick Rose. Brett. I'm going to go with Clarkson. Um, I, I think Derrick Rose is a good pick, but he kind of came on late. Um, 
and he uh this is a kind of a full season award and yeah he Jordan was playing Clarkson, for detroit that's why exactly yeah he was playing for detroit and it, it didn't come on until he went to the Knicks. so um clarkson he's been the sixth man but he's getting starters minutes and that's kind of the best recipe to to be the the sixth man of the year um between him and lou williams they should kind of name the the awards after them so uh, clarkson's my pick kev yeah, I'm going with Clarkson. He's at his 18 and a half. Uh, I give a shout out to Rose, though. Rose, my guy. I'm glad he's back and he's healthy and those things. I can't vote for Joe Ingles just because, <laughs> just because he looks and he started 30 games, but he can't yeah. do it. So I got Clarkson. Give me Joe Ingles. No, he's <laughs> You're just trying to be different. <laughs> no, he he's the engine that could for Utah. He whether he's starting, he's coming off the bench. His ability to defend all the positions, his versatility to play in any lineup. Um, his passing, his shooting, he has the highest true shooting percentage of all time this year, um, over 60%. Give me give me Joey Ingles uh, for everything that he provides to that Utah team. He's, Donovan goes down, he steps up, um, and and he really kind of struggled with his shot last year, and, and I think that's been a big part to how the ball moves over there in Utah. And then, I mean, I know what he looks like, but he, he actually can defend at a pretty high he's, level. He's a way better player than his box score indicates every year. Like he's he's just a there's a reason they have the best defense in the I think like top three defense in the league right now in terms of defensive rating and it's because of Gobert and Engels like they they really just lock people down so um, I, I think that's a great pick but to Kevin's point like he started thirty games this year that's kind of that's kind of tough Kevin Brad and uh, and James are walking down the street holding hands and Joe Engels passes you guys walking by on the other side of the street do you guys recognize him? Yeah, he's like six seven. I mean, do you know who he is? Is what I'm saying. Like, you're like, oh, that's Joe Ingles. Look at that mug. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty I- identifiable. You would be I, able to I, point out Joe Ingles yeah. on the street. Oh yeah, no doubt. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> to be honest, I probably like, oh, that's that's tall white guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, D Rose has made that um, Knicks team dangerous down the stretch, and he's he's won them some games in the fourth quarter. They struggled with that before he got there, so. Um, yeah, shout out Derek Rose and it, just who he is as a professional after all those major, major injuries. So we're going to move on to our most improved player of the year between Julius Randle, Michael Porter Jr., and Jeremy Grant. Kevin. It's Julius Randle. I don't know how he doesn't win this thing. I mean, what he was able to accomplish and come back with what the Knicks did. I, Julius Randle easily. But Michael Porter is going to be a star. Uh, but Julius Randle. Brad. Uh, only one of the guys that were listed are going to be a part of one of the all NBA teams. So I, I think it's clearly Julius Randle. And D Mindy. Yeah. When the casual knows the answer this easily, it's, it's definitely <laughs> a lock. It's Julius Randle. Although I, I will always be pissed that the wizards missed out on Michael Porter jr. By one pick. They could have drafted Jeremy Grant too. Who's a, a local product going to demand high school. Um, but I think it's a clear cut thing. And yes, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a star. Yes, Jeremy Grant improved all his numbers, doubled all of them, in fact, and uh, wanted to be a number one option there in Detroit and had a fantastic season. But it is by far Julius's Rand- Julius Randle's award to win um, 24, 10, and 6. Um, last year, he averaged 19.5 and three assists. So to double down on your assists, but I, for me, it's the shooting percentages. He goes to 41% from the three and 81 to the free throw line. He was 27 from three and 73 from the line. The previous year, uh, he's everything to that New York Knicks uh, organization. And to get him into the five seed is just 
amazing. So I think we can all finally agree on something here at Triple Play Fantasy Basketball, <laughs> and that is Julius Randle is a stud, and he probably makes that third team all NBA. All right. Do any of these playing teams that got in stand a chance? We're going to start with Philly versus the Wiz, and we're going to start with our own Gandalf Wizard over here of sorts, and that is Bradley Kilgore. Yeah, no, I, I I stick with what I'm saying about the Wizards. I really think they have the ingredients to make a deep run. Um, Philly has had trouble really getting over the hump for the past few years. I don't think they've really mastered the way in which Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to work together. Um, I don't think they should blow it up because I think if you have you know two All-NBA guys, you should keep them together and figure it out and build around them. But uh, they're not there yet. I think the Wizards are really hitting their stride. Um, they're down three right now in the second half, and they're really, they're really uh, giving them trouble. I, I honestly think, and that's without Brad Beal doing anything yet. So I honestly think, you know, when the Wizards are doing their thing and you know scoring 120 points, 130 points without defense, um, there's not a lot of teams that can keep up with that. And I, I, I really think that the Wizards can make a deep run. Dave. I'm a Wizards fan for what it's worth, um, but the fact that it's a three-point game and uh, Joel Embiid's in foul trouble, the moment Joel Embiid is in that game, it's Daniel Gafford stopping Joel Embiid. Like, Joel Embiid's going to go for 30 and 20. Like, I, I don't see them having an answer for him. And who else? Uh, Hookshot I mean, Robin Lopez. <laughs> Maryland's I mean, own Alex Lynn. I mean, his his offensive game is just awful. It's just, just setting screens and doing these weird-looking hook shots. I... I I think the Wizards will – my prediction is I think it'll go five, and I think the Sixers will win it in five. Um, I, I would love to be wrong, but I just don't see anybody stopping Joel Embiid and that being a huge, huge problem. I uh, I agree with you. I, I think Joel Embiid can't be stopped. He's one of those people that they're just going to get what they're going to get. But it's – are the players around Joel Embiid going to do enough to propel them over the, the team that they're facing? And to me, that answer is no. Like, I, I don't – I don't want to count on Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons to score. I don't want to Whoa. count on Furkan Korkmaz or Seth Curry. Like I, I just, I like my chances with Russ and Beal. I heard Ben Simmons' name, and thus we must pass the microphone over to Kevin <laughs> Coleman. <laughs> well, you forget that I'm a, Res- a Westbrook stand before I was a Ben Simmons. There you stand. go. So I'm this is hard for me. This is a definitely a weird. It's like watching my two kids play against each other in sports <laughs> or something. Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I think. I think the Sixers will outlast <laughs> the Wizards, uh, but the Wizards can score. So the thing is, is like when anytime you see upsets and stuff, is if you have these guys that can just score points, and they can definitely do that. I, I do think Doc's going to be a Doc Rivers is a ten time better coach, probably a hundred time better coach uh, than what the Wizards have over there with Scotty Brooks. So I just think that they're going to make adjustments better. So that's why I would just say the Sixers are going to probably outlast them. But they can score, and Beal and Westberg are going to put up points. So it's one of those things. I have to interrupt right now. Joel Embiid just picked up his third foul because Alex Len is getting just – he's being active right now. I didn't even know Alex Len was in the league anymore. Look at that. Oh, Look yeah. He's, he's our starter. I'm supposed to be the casual here. Kevin. I'm just kidding. He shouldn't <laughs> be in the league. That's easy what I say. <laughs> All right, go ahead, James. I know what you're going to say. I'm a little bit in between um, what Mindy and what Kev had to say. I, I think it'll probably be a gentleman's sweep here with uh, the Wizards having one. Maybe it's game one and maybe squeezing out another two. 
from a spectacular performance from Russell Westbrook and maybe Bradley Beal. If Bradley Beal wasn't dealing with this hamstring injury, he's definitely like not a hundred percent. I've noticed that for now a month now, and he's just kind of fighting through, fighting through it. Uh, when he was blazing, dropping, you know, 60, you know, multiple 50 point games this year, like it, I think they were super, super dangerous, but the role players that we're talking about, you, some of us are literally Googling, Alex Lynn right now like when was the last time he actually played uh the role players are just horrible um Scotty Brooks makes no mid-game adjustments ever ever like when you wish when you're switching um Neto on Tatum Ish Smith on on Tatum it's obviously like this is uh, this is a bad call here and Ish Smith being a top five player on this team just shows how they really don't have much outside of Russell Westbrook um and I think that'll catch up to you. Thomas Bryant tearing his ACL. Even Denny Oxvia, who wasn't scoring too much, was our best defender, like as far as uh, guarding some of these bigger guys on the perimeter. And he just played smart basketball. Uh, and B's going to drop 40 in multiple games, probably next game after doing this foul trouble uh, crap in game one. So I, I'm rooting for my Wizards. Of course, I've got my Bradley Beal jersey on right now. Um, but Excellent I think, is I think dominating this is a right tough now. game. This is absurd. This I is think absurd. this is just a, a this is a tough matchup, and um, Philly's defense is one of the best. And then, as Kevin mentioned, Doc Rivers is actually a good coach. So we'll move on. Um, the Nets versus Boston, Kev. Yeah. So if, if I'm looking at the Nets versus Boston, uh, this will be quick. Nets are gonna. There's no way Boston even wins this series. Not even close. Nets are gonna win the championship if they stay healthy. Brad, I concur. I think um, I think the Nets sweep Boston. I don't think that Boston has a chance without Jalen Brown being healthy. And uh, if you can just, I mean, we saw last game they held Jason Tatum to twenty two points. Like if you if you can key in on Jason Tatum and he's your only source of offense, um, you don't really have a chance to win. So I, I think the Nets sweep this one, but I, I don't see them coming out of the East because they don't have that continuity. They don't. They don't know how to deal with, you know, last two minutes of the game and it's close. Like they don't know who's going to get the ball and they don't know who's going to take the last shot, who's going to bring it up court, what defensive sets are they going to have. There's just a lot of things to to deal with that they haven't had to deal with yet. And they probably need a year together to, to handle that before they can be the best team in the league. And man, was Jason Tatum frustrated with Kevin Durant getting yeah. that defensive assignment? He had him shackled. He showed him he who really the, alpha, the alpha was. Like he showed him the different tier group. He's like, "Nah, you, yep. you just not up here, buddy." Kevin Durant. Oh my. You're nice. You're what nice, but you're not there yet. You're not two way, oh Kevin Durant. Goodness. Yeah, and um, that hey, yesterday the Nets were were they played bad? It, they like yeah it's it, it was not nothing was going in you saw a lot of isolation basketball from kd uh from james Harden, from Kyrie, and and they weren't exactly making too too much but uh you can't do that in the playoffs you can't, br- you can't make a deep run playing iso ball you they're gonna explode they're gonna explode on this and um nah whoever, whoever comes out of that bucks and miami um rematch series they're gonna have a rested nets team because nets might take this in four games all right uh Ben, do you want to chime in on this one, or should we move on? All right, you're on mute. Casual and a rookie. There's a better chance I dunk on a 10 foot rim than Boston <laughs> wins that series. So <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> At least Ben Wallace could dunk. You could throw the lob on that. Um, <laughs> all right, we got Utah league's best record versus our Grizzlies who just beat the Warriors. 
Dave, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, I think it could be a competitive series. I think he's going to go six, but I think the Jazz got it. I think the Jazz earned that number one seed. They have better depth than the Grizzlies. We talked about they don't have any scoring options if Dylan Brooks is your number two score. So uh, Jazz, easy for me. I think I'll go six, though. Kev? The Jazz are frauds, and they always have been. <laughs> uh, and they will get shown out very soon. I think they're going to outlast them this week. Uh, but if we're being honest, the best player on this on the court probably plays for the Grizzlies. Uh, and so that's where I kind of tend to go with talent wise. Uh, but they'll outlast them, I guess. But the Jazz are a bunch of frauds. They have been all year. Everybody needs to stop talking about the Jazz. No one's coming out of the West, but the Lakers, the Clippers pretty much to me is still in that category. And Kevin dislikes uh, Donovan Mitchell's game I hate more, Donovan more than Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. Brad. Uh, the the Jazz are not frauds. They have the best net rating in the league. They got frauds. the best offense, best defense. Um, they've got a lot of talent on that team. I don't expect uh, the Memphis to win a game. I, I think Memphis. They've cleared. They've cleared a, a, a an incredible hurdle in getting to the playoffs. Right. Like I, I think with that, they don't have a single player over the age of thirty on their team, and I think like a majority of them are under twenty five. So it's a tremendously young team. And just getting to the playoffs is, a, is an incredible accomplishment. But there's a reason that Utah is the number one seed, and it's because they're really good. I, I just don't think they have the firepower to keep up um, against that off against that defense or that offense, really. So I think this is a sweep. Uh, all right. Well, I kinda, I'm kind of i almost closer with um, D'Mendy on this one. I think it, there's potential this one could go six. And I, I think this is really good for not only John Morant um, and Triple J, but that, that entire – Grizzlies team, as you mentioned, one of the youngest teams in the NBA to get some experience, some playoff experience. Now for the second year in a row, yes, it was a play-in last time. They didn't, they didn't make it past that. But uh, the, just those little the stints in the playoffs really help uh, propel a, a player's trajectory going forward. And, um, man, I, I think that they can kind of coast and let Donovan kind of get in the swing of things because they're really going to need Donovan Mitchell come that round too. Um, Coach, what are you gonna what are you gonna do when Dylan Brooks shuts his ass down in this playoff series? What are you gonna do? Because <laughs> I'm gonna be all on you. I'm gonna be texting you, letting you know. Will they? Are, will will they win? Uh, yes. Hey, I don't. That's not what I'm worried about. I am worried if he shuts him. There down, is you're something not about not playing two and a half months of basketball having him. Oh, kind of here a, we go. Win. Right, if he, if he comes off with a little rust and they win, oh, like that's, that's fine. But okay. when Dylan Brooks shoots nine <laughs> of twenty seven from the field and. <laughs> shoots more than John Moran and they get swept, then I'm coming back on the pod to to uh, slander Dylan Brooks more. Also, we can go back in time. I mean, he's been in the playoffs every year he's been in his career. And, and, and even in that rookie season, he averaged 27 points per game. He's a 27-point-per-game average in the playoffs overall. Last year, he averaged 36. Like, it meant, the dude is a hooper. And he puts his team on his back. Uh, and, yes, okay, maybe they haven't – won the Western Conference or gone to the you just finals. Said, did he win? Did he win? Good. And now you're like, oh well he didn't win, but he, he didn't win the really finals, well. but they like they have well, no that's chance. All I care about. It doesn't okay. matter. Don't win the finals. All right, cool. Donovan Mitchell, a guy's <laughs> chosen like 14 overall I love, to lead I his love the, to a championship. Uh, I love whatever coach gets hot. It's all right, cool. That's all right, cool. That's cool. <laughs> all right. We are, yeah, because look, everyone has opinions. We can respect a, 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 each other for having them. Uh, that's why I love getting on here and, and talking back and forth because even we can agree to disagree uh we still got I'm not sure time. you love i'm not sure you love this take <laughs> <laughs> no I, oh no i love it i live for these moments 
right. Um, Suns, Lakers, Kev, my guy, my man, Coach Kevin. Uh, Lakers in five. (laughs) I I, I think that if they're healthy and they're the most talented team, I can't see LeBron and those guys losing. Uh, the Suns have Chris Paul, yes, but everybody else has not been there. Playoff experience matters. We've seen it in basketball every every year. We see it. Thunder lost their first round, and they made it with all those guys, Harden and those guys. So playoff experience matters. I think Chris Paul will get a, a game, maybe two, but I, I still think the Lakers in five. All right, uh, Brad. I struggle with this series the most. Um We've we've had a lot in our group chats. Yeah, we've had a lot in our group chats. Like I'm constantly telling coach that the Lakers look trash and they kind of do. And mm-hmm. LeBron doesn't really look right. AD, uh, AD is incredible, but he's always you know getting hurt or you know maybe he's having an off night. Like I, I just don't really know what's gonna happen. But at the, the at the other end of the spectrum, like Kevin said, like Phoenix, they've never been here and. Continuity matters and experience matters, and they don't have that. So um, I, I don't really know what to expect. So I'm going to lean with Vegas on this one. I think the Lakers win, but I'm going to say in seven. D Mindy. Yeah, I have Lakers in seven. I think Devin Booker is going to put LeBron in the crock pot and cook him up a little bit. Uh, but, <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, Devin Booker's unguardable. <laughs> So I think LeBron's going to be smart and and switch off of him and guard Chris Paul. LeBron's or, not guarding. There's Devin no way Booker. LeBron's guarding. Devin okay, well that's fine then. He won't that's his Chris. image. That's his he, image. Yeah. So he won't, that's all right, take image. back my crockpot comment then. But uh, yeah, I think I think they actually go seven. If he did. Think, he would lock up Devin Booker though. Let's not let's not yeah, slander LeBron James' defense. He's a LeBron at like LeBron at 50 years old is is still locking up anybody. Like exactly. he's, he's just a freaking. What, talk, what, what were we talking about? This is LeBron Chris, James. Chris Ball will make sure this goes seven. Yeah. I, I'm I'm confident in that, but I think the Lakers will lose. And I'm, Chris, win, I'm sorry. And yeah. Chris Paul is infamous in his game seven performances, not going too hot. And uh, it's so funny because uh, I had this too. I even put down, you know, they might the Lakers might even go down three two. Um, I know that years ago when they were facing Atlanta Hawks, they were down three two. Then they went and faced the Boston Celtics. They were down three two. But at the end of the day, LeBron James in elimination games, there's no one better um, in this league and maybe of all time. Uh, for his performances when uh, his team really, really needs a win. Um, it, it, in that playing game, he kind of just laid back. He's just kind of being quarterback in it. But then in the fourth quarter, he put his foot on the pedal uh, and he took that game over. The Lakers do have the number one defense in the NBA, even with the, uh, with all that time AD and LeBron has missed. And then you got, you know, you got Andre Drummond in the mix, uh, KCP, uh, Schroeder guarding full court. They got a lot about Caruso is a good uh, defender. I think all around West Matthews, um, Thalen Horton Tucker, from, uh, top to down, top to bottom, they have just really good defensive players. And it might not be the prettiest style of basketball, but uh, they will bruise you enough to win when it matters. So I'm, I'm a little scared of the matchup, but I, you know, if LeBron James on the court, I'm taking that team. He's also never lost in the first round ever. Uh, LeBron. Facts. No, absolutely not. Um, There's a first time for everything. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, we'll see. But that's. I mean, this is a seven seed going against a two. But I think they're an intriguing matchup. But I'm, I'm going to go to what I consider my most intriguing matchup, and that is the Bucks and the Heat. 
Um, three seed for the Bucks. Miami Heat six seed. This is a rematch from last year's uh, playoffs where uh, it was the Heat that did take um, the league MVP down, led by Bam Adebayo. Let's go, uh, Kev, to start things off on this one. Yeah, this is the toughest one for me because uh, I love the Heat and I don't really like how the Bucks are made up. But they have Giannis there in Middleton. We saw last night what he did. I think it's gonna be your boy to- Middleton. I, I hate Middleton, but I think it's going to go to six or seven. I think it's going to be very close either way. I'm going to lean the Bucks, but I don't feel good about it. I kind of feel gross picking them, but I just think – I think they're – I don't know. The Heat aren't playing great. They had that, that issues with COVID in the middle of the year. I, they have Jimmy Butler, though, so it really it's hard for me not to pick the Heat. But I think the Bucks. it's going to be six or seven. Brad? I honestly think the Heat win this one in five. Like, I after watching – the game yesterday, the Bucks are—they don't look good. They don't know how to operate their new their new mm-hmm. roster in the playoffs. Um, Drew Holiday—he had a—he came on in the second half and he looked really good. But if I have to count on Chris Middleton in the fourth quarter, I, I like the Heat chances. Chances I—they were outscored tremendously in the paint, and I think they. They forced overtime off of Jimmy Butler at being like, I don't know. He had like he was like four for like fifteen or something. I don't even have the the stats in front of me. Like they got the worst of Jimmy Butler. They got the worst of Bam, and they barely lost. Like I, I just don't see, I don't see a path for the Bucks to win this because Giannis has not evolved. Like he he still does the the drive to the middle of the lane and do the spin move and then. He runs into a wall of defenders and he doesn't know what to do, but draw an offensive foul or draw a foul. Like it's the same thing he's been doing since he was a rookie in the league. We know the playbook against him and they just haven't, they haven't evolved. They don't have the shooters around him still. I, I just, I don't see a way for the Bucks to win. He is who we thought he is. Yeah, he made exactly. the- <laughs> I'm actually very confident the Bucks win this in six. And I'll tell you why. Number one, I think Giannis is definitely taking that loss in the conference finals to them personally last year. I like what and, you're selling here, D-Mindy. I like yeah, what you're selling. I, I don't think they're going to let loose to them again. Um, I, I do agree with what Brad said. Like, I think those are very valid points. Uh, I do think Heat kind of had their magical run last year. I don't see that happening again this year, whether it's, again, like you got the worst game up from Jimmy Butler and Bam. The next game, the Bucks all of a sudden start getting hot from three. I think when it's all said and done, I'm very confident. I think the Bucks take this in six. And I think having Drew Holiday there, having Middleton there, I'm a big uh, Dante DiVincenzo fan. I think he can uh, be a factor. White Dante. White, white Dante. White Dante. I, I think he he can be a factor. Uh, and they have a good – I like Brooke Lopez too. Brooke Lopez is a solid big. Uh, I, I do think that it may not be pretty, but I do think they already have a 1-0 lead. I, I, I just I, – I really would be shocked if the Heat came back and won this. It's, nothing's going to shock me in this series. Uh, this is like about, about a coin flip as you get. And I, I did pick the, the Bucks preseason to, to go to the finals. Um, that was pre-James <laughs> Harden to the Nets as well. But um, I think that like the Bucks last year, you had Bummy self-check Eric Bledsoe out there that couldn't, <laughs> you know, uh, throw a coin into an ocean. Um, you replaced Man, that we, with Drew Holiday. We started, we started this off talking about Kwame Brown. Now you're calling Eric Bledsoe a bum. <laughs> I mean, am I factual? I mean, Kwame was a no. bum. 
Oh, His well, best season was he averaged ten points and five rebounds. You're, you're about to you're about to get lit up on Twitter. Kwame Brown's gonna get a hold of this. And just <laughs> Are you kidding out. me? He was he is the worst <laughs> number one overall pick of all time. Him, Michael Oklahoma Candy, like he had Anthony, that conversation. Hey, James, Anthony you Bennett. Be you better be careful. Kwame Brown liked my comment on his post, so you I will tell Anthony, him you slandered you Anthony him. Bennett. Okay. You think Anthony Bennett is better than Kwame Brown? I mean, look, it's in a conversation. I like, might take Kwame Brown over Anthony. I would too. Kwame Brown had like a I don't know how many years career. Anthony Bennett didn't even play. Yeah, but it's like, okay. Yeah, I agree that yeah he's worse. But um, we're still talking about a top three, top five, number one overall pick of all time. Did you all uh, hear that Kwame Brown said, "Who set all the screens for Kobe?" The, the game he scored eighty one. And there we that's go. a real. He said that, and people <laughs> laughed at him. But that's a real thing. Like that's part of basketball. Like yeah, Kobe doesn't get those buckets if he's not open off the of screens. Like my brother, my brother sent me a meme and said, uh, "Kobe and, and Kwame combined for sixty two in this game." Kobe had yeah. 61. Kwame said that himself. <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, uh, so the back on, on to like why I got the, I got the Bucks. True Holiday, he he shoots 45% on step back three pointers. Um, he made a clutch um shot at the end of the shot, uh, end of the third quarter. I just like the ball in his hands. And then you got PJ Tucker's defensive ability. They're switching now. That's a whole concept that they hadn't done for two years. They were just like, I got this guy, this guy. But the league is about switching, and they got people that can do that. Like T, uh, PJ Tucker might be the master of that. And then um, Chris Middleton does Chris Middleton things. Like he does produce. He will give you twenty every game. And he was, I just he was cold. He was cold last night, man. And I just think that ending five is a lot better. And Dante Divincenzo is a smart player, so I like that that five when you, when you go with Holiday, Divincenzo, Middleton, Giannis, and Brook Lopez to close games out. But uh, I mean, I he, Jimmy Butler is on the other end with Bam, and Ariza is good. So like, I this game, this series is I'm glued every single game. A uh, little bit of an update: um, Washington is up sixty-two, <laughs> sixty-one at the half. Bertans has eleven points. All right, he'll end with 13. We'll move on with uh, the three-seeded Denver Nuggets versus the six-seeded Portland. Um, David, who you got? This is my favorite series because I love both those teams. I don't think they get enough recognition. Uh, I don't think Dame is going down in the first round. I, Dame's my favorite player in the league, and I know the Nuggets Ooh, are, are nice put well together, but without Jamal Murray there, I think that's enough where Portland's going to upset him. Uh, Dame... Damon uh, McCollum is just such a dynamite backcourt. Uh, I'm all Portland. I think it's going to take seven, but I think Portland wins it. Kev? Yeah, I'm going to go with Portland as well, just with the injuries and everything that, that the Nuggets had. It's going to be a fun series, though, because Dame's going to put up 30 to 40 a game. So I'm, I'm going to go with Portland, uh, but neither one of these teams is a threat in the playoffs. You guys read my notes, Brad. I'm also going Portland, man. I, I think Denver got a really tough draw, and – Beating if they had Jamal Murray, yeah, they could beat Portland, but they don't. So I, I just think dealing with CJ. Hey, but doesn't Barton give you eighty percent of what Jamal Murray does? Yeah, but they need a hundred percent. Oh my god! And um, I got I got the same thing. I got Portland in seven. Uh, I got what Kev said. I got Damian Lillard averaging between thirty-five and forty-two in this series. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's Jamal Murray in the clutch. Uh, they have the best uh, pick and roll in basketball between him and Jokic. And Jokic will still get his numbers, but Nurkic is not a terrible defender. Uh, but I think they're gonna. It's gonna be like, can anyone else beat us? When you got Camposo, who's you know he's an okay player. Um, out there playing heavy minutes against Damian Lillard. It's just like it's hard to even that out, especially with Damian Lillard playing Coach, Damian Lillard basketball. 
go. There was uh there was an article that came out today that's saying exactly what you just said. Um, the Blazers are trying to get Nurkic to play Jokic in a way that he's only scoring. He's not distributing. So Smart. yeah, they they want they want somebody else to beat them. And we'll move on to two teams that were not in the dance last year, and they moved all the way up to the four and five seed, and that is the Atlanta Hawks, four seeded against your New York Knicks. Uh, we're gonna start with Kev. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very confident with this one. I'm gonna go the Knicks just because I believe in their coach uh, Tibbs, and I, I, I and they're a great story. And when the Knicks are in the playoffs and they're winning, it's better for basketball. So I'm gonna go with them, but this could really swing either way. I think. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to go with the the experience of Tibbs and what he brings to the table. Brett? I think the Knicks take this one in a gentleman's sweep. Um, the Knicks have a top five defense, and I think that matters a lot in the playoffs when, you know, the game slows down and there's a lot of half-court offense. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, Trey Young has been shooting a lot less three-pointers. I think somebody got in his ear and told him he's not that efficient with them. But I actually think they need him to shoot more threes to win this game or to win this series. And I, I don't know that he's going to do it. So um, I, to me, I, I think it's clear that the Knicks have the better roster, both in the starting lineup and the, the bench players. And I think DeAndre Hunter coming back to Atlanta is kind of messing. It's going to mess with the, the rotations and the chemistry a little bit because he spent so much time out and he used to get like 30 minutes a game. So. Um, I think the Knicks are going to take this one pretty handily. Dave. Yeah. The only thing I know about this series is whatever the over under is, I'd go the over. I feel like this is going to be a no defense type of series just with these two teams. And if I had to go with my gut right now, I think I'm going the Knicks, but I'm not like confident about it. this. Is probably the toughest one for me to judge. I'll say the Knicks and six. All right. And, um, Trey Young is in the playoffs. Like that, at least is a huge draw from the regular, the casual NBA fan. We got one of the most exciting players in the NBA, and he steps up to the brightest lights better than a lot of people. I love me some Trey Young, and um, that he'll get a couple games just on his own. You know, forty and ten, whatever it might be. But uh, I'm kind of with you guys. Some of you, uh, this is a hard coin flip decision. Uh, but Tibbs and D Rose and down in the clutch uh, are going to get a team that ultimately are going to get dismantled by the Philly 76ers in the next round. But you know, I, I'm sure it's 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 good for all New York Knicks fans in Atlanta who I you know can't really maybe the last time they were in the playoffs was Coach Bud and and that whole run. But uh, I don't like the trajectory of either one of these teams in the next round. But uh, it'll be interesting watch another interesting watch which these i think both of these teams are dangerous uh, potentially in the second round and that is the four seeded los angeles clippers versus the dallas mavericks um dave let's start with you this our last playoff matchup again it's kind of like cheating because you're like all right it's a 1-0 lead but i do think i think the clippers didn't they play them last year last year in the playoffs yep yeah i think the clippers win it again uh, like Kev said earlier, I'll be shocked if it's not a Clippers Lakers NBA uh, Western Conference Finals. So they'll they'll get it right. They'll they'll get through this series. I think it'll, it might take six games, but uh, I mean Luca's their only real offensive threat. I don't know what the hell happened to Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, just literally looks like he plays no type of defense. He's a big body, but literally just shoots. 
I, I would I would love if they kind of ran an offense where he kind of got the ball and used his body inside to create an interior presence, but that's not in his game right now. So, uh, Clippers. All right, I think he's uh, d- decent defensively, Brad. Yeah, if you had asked me this yesterday, I would have said the Clippers are going to sweep. Um, that's <laughs> obviously not what happened. I nope. don't know. I don't know how Dallas has even managed to get the five seed. They're not a good team. And I don't think Luca is. Watch I don't, it. I, I, Watch yeah, it. Yeah, I. I don't say think it. he's. No, he's I don't think he's progressed to that tier where he can carry a team to a playoff series win. But I'm clearly wrong about that because he just he just beasted off of Kawhi and Paul George. Like Paul George didn't have his normal pandemic P performance. He had like 25, five and five last night. He played really well in the second half. So. He got in some foul trouble early, but he finished with a great stat line. I, I honestly, I can't have any slander for Luca. I think he's proven that he can literally carry a team, and um, they got a one zero series lead. So I'm just going to give him the nod. I'm going to go ahead and say Dallas is going to win. And I heard Paul George being mentioned, so we're going to move on for Coach Kev to take over. Yeah, pa- pandemic P is back. Uh, he he did all right in that second half. I, I, I can't. The problem with me is I cannot. I cannot pick Pump. Paul George in a series because he's probably one of my least favorite NBA players. Um, the thing about Doncic, you know, he had that triple double last night. He's plus or minus was 19, which I thought was pretty impressive. But guys, like and to Brad's point, I mean, that team is really bad. Like, you know, yeah. they got Finney Smith 37 minutes last night. I mean, gosh, um, Hardaway Jr., who's played okay this year, but 32 minutes. Like, it just seemed Jalen Brunson had 15 last night, and he played 21 minutes. But when we're looking at talent perspective, the Clippers have the talent. But, again, I don't know how well those pieces fit. It's weird. It's a, you know, Marcus you know Marcus Morris is there, uh, or Markeith, I forget which one. Zubek, you have Beverly, you have George, you got all these guys there. I, I think that it's going to be close. I, I think the Clippers probably will win, um, but I don't, I'm not putting it past Doncic. He's he played his ass off last night. If Porzingis can do anything, they have a shot. But Porzingis, did you see, did you see Kawhi's dunk? Yeah, oh, that, was, oh. that was crazy. That was crazy. Push play on that. That was amazing. Oh my! Are you guys God. judge me if I say I did not see it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, no, we know. We, we know you're a casual. Goodness you're, gracious. You're, at the, you're at the gym, Mindy. It'll be all right. You want, a live, you want a live reaction as you guys keep talking and I pull it up? You'll see it on your feed when you're doing squats later this <laughs> afternoon. Um, And for me... I'm actually a little surprised you can't dunk, Dave. I'm sure you got a, like a strong lower body, quads, all that. You should, you should have more bounce. To be fair, I haven't really tried, so maybe if I just... You probably I'll, could. Do you know his height? He definitely can't pop the ball. Five seven. Oh, so Kawhi got the ball, stole it on a break, should have passed the ball, and oh man, he put him on a poster. <laughs> he's not Nate Robinson over here, but look at, uh, his, look at his reaction. He's just like he's not even smiling. Uh, that's actually a lot of uh, emotion from Kawhi. And uh, I got, I got, I got to get my call on this. It, Luca freaking Doncic, people. Um, if you're not front row watching these games, you're missing out on the next great superstar of this generation. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Ty Lue's ability to adjust from game to game, it's going to be a straight chess match between him and Rick Carlisle. I do like the supporting cast of the Mavericks this year a little bit better. I know Finney Smith plays thirty, plays a lot of heavy minutes, but he's their best uh, defender. 30. He can shoot. He can shoot. He, he can defend anybody, and um, yeah. he gives it your all. He's a fighter. Uh, Jalen Brunson. 
got hurt last year. He had that soldier shoulder surgery. He never came back in a bubble. And he is a really, really good uh, fundamental piece coming off that bench. He plays well with Doncic and with Tim Hardaway Jr., who is shooting lights out right now. Coach, Jalen Brunson, to your point, he, I think he's like the reason they won that game. Uh, obviously, it's Luka. Like, he's the, the real answer. He's such a smart, a smart player. Jalen Brunson should be a starting point guard somewhere. Like, you saw what he did for Villanova as a freshman. Uh, yeah. He helped lead them to their national championship. The kid is just a winner, and he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball, um, and he puts you in a little spin cycle, and he finishes well around the rim. I love my him. Top three, my top three backup point guards who should be starters elsewhere. Number one, uh, TJ McConnell. Die, Chris Paul. Uh, number two, Jalen Brunson. And number three, Alex Caruso. And to me, there's a reason why they're on the bench and they need to start stay there. But they, there, it's good when you have a, re, a really elite starting point guard like like Luca. Uh, but uh, about Kristaps Porzingis, they lost him mid game two, and it was a huge, huge blow. And yeah, he he has up and game uh, up and down performances, but I think he does hold down the perimeter quite well with blocking shots. And um, he's a he's a he's an upgrade to Zubac. Uh, and if yeah. he played, he played like 34, 37 minutes yesterday. To me, that is a great sign. If he's healthy, um, they have the firepower to win this series. I'm going with Clippers, uh, maybe even a game seven, maybe a Kawhi Leonard and them getting another year under their belt. I think they propel through this series. But I come next year, I don't know if we're saying Luka Doncic getting ousted in the first round. This might be his last time not advancing. The kid Good is stuff. just spe- spectacular. Kristaps spaces out the floor in a way that I didn't anticipate he would this year. Like, he's really playing outside on the perimeter. Oh, yeah. I mean, when the guy, and the guy, we know how he can shoot the basketball. So, um, that, yeah. that, to me, the, between them and then the, the Miami series, like, the, those are some of the most intriguing matchups to me. But the, these are two of the best players in the entire league, and Luka Doncic and Kawhi Leonard. So... That's all we have for you today, Triple Play Fantasy Basketball. We broke down all the matchups. Uh, we could go on and on. I could be here all day with you guys. Like always, I want to throw safe. in. I want to throw in one thing though. I know that we didn't. We're not doing question of the week this week, but just a really quick thing. If Boban Bondanovic, or I'm sorry, not is what's uh, Maranovic. How do you say his last name? You can on just Dallas. call him Boban. Yeah, don't Dallas. ask me. Yeah. Okay, Marana- so. Bo- Just call so him Boban. He's, Boban he's on Dallas. Guy. If he if he plays forty eight minutes, I know what is like per rebound forty eight minutes. If he played forty eight minutes. How many rebounds is he getting against an undersized team? Thirty five. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, even on two K, you can only play him like four yeah. minutes because he he <laughs> his energy drains to nothing. <laughs> That's how you know 2K is actually real life. I literally um, will see him play a quarter and like he'll play 10 minutes of the first quarter and he'll have like 11 rebounds. And I'm like, why is it, yeah. dude? Like, play him 30 minutes. Let, let's just have fun with it. Let's let him put up video game numbers. You can't drain him out. He's got those knees, man. You can't mess with him too much. Yeah. Brad, Kevin, any Bobon plugs before we head out? Any any wild cards you want to shout out other than Dylan Brooks that spent way too much time on this pod today? Dave, you got to get Bobon on the pod. You know what? I'm gonna reach out to him right when we're done recording. I'll see, I can, I'll see what I can do. I'm gonna try to get Dylan Brooks on the pod. I'm just gonna do <laughs> a clip yeah, yeah, of yeah. me, and then I'm just gonna just send him it. Oh, I'm saying I'm his big. I'm the same as number one fan. If you get him on, so <laughs> and I will be reaching out to Luke Walton um, later today. So I won't be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Like always, stay safe. Continue to love the game of basketball like we do. And feel free to share with your friends. Hit that subscribe and like button for the team. 
See you next week.